0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Salesman Podcast, hosted by Will Barron, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Look, if you work in sales, want to learn how to sell, or just peek at the latest sales news, check out the Salesman Podcast, where host Will Barron helps sales professionals learn how to find buyers and win big business in effective and ethical ways. One of my favorite episodes lately, how to personalize your sales outreach at massive scale. Who doesn't want to do that? Listen to the Salesman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, this is John Chance, and my guest today is Jason Bloomer. He's a co-founder of Thriveal, a firm that helps entrepreneurial CPA firms connect, learn, and grow. He's also the CEO of Bloomer and Associates CPAs, where they serve as an advisory firm for the design, marketing, and creative agency services niches. So, Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, John.
1: Thanks for having me, and I've been a longtime follower, man, so I'm excited to be on the show. I appreciate it.
0: Well, let's get the CPA joke out of the way, you know, right right at the top here. Entrepreneurial CPAs, I mean, it almost feels a bit like an oxymoron.
1: Yeah. Well, we serve a community of them and they're, I was saying off, off air, they're just as weird as normal entrepreneurs <laughs> and need just as much care. But of course, the accounting profession, which I know you've served some firms, they are yeah. a particular market that doesn't quite understand positioning you know you know marketing and things like that so it's a tough market they need a lot of help in building a business right
0: you know though i always tell people that to me there's such great opportunity there. You know, yeah, years sure. ago, I started getting, you know, remodeling contractors and plumbers, you know, <laughs> blogging and on social media. And they thought this is the stupidest thing in the world, but it, it, it was such a competitive advantage for them because nobody yeah. else was doing it. You know, so yeah. the ones you could get to do it, you know, really had a great advantage, don't they?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think it, what's even harder is I guess you could get a firm to do some marketing rhythms, you know, get into habits, but branding and then personal sure. promotion. Is just even weirder yeah. for them. And I think, you know, we serve a lot of the younger generations and they do it really well, but, you know, there's a lot of self promotion in it and it's hard for firms yeah. to get into that. I
0: think. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things about that industry or or professional services in general is, I mean, trust is a, a really mm-hmm. high deal, right? I mean, it's not yeah. like I'm going and buying a refrigerator or something that yeah. I, you know, I think will work. I, you know, if it doesn't, okay, you know, it doesn't work, but I'm going to give somebody my life and my finances and, you know, trust is going to be a big deal. And so I think that some of the things to build trust like content and, and mm. you know, becoming an ex seen as an expert, I mean, are, are, really game changers, I think, for uh, folks that are competing in the professional services business, aren't they?
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's changed over time. I think it used to be the social media would seem odd. It is now a platform to build trust. You can do it, you know, within, with content if you do that well. So it's viable and, you know, they're going to have to embrace it. And I think it is, it's a generational change. Everybody, you know, in different generations faces and struggles with, I
0: think. So in the marketing space, the virtual CMO or fractional CMO, you know, mm-hmm. has become kind of an end an thing. But I think the virtual or fractional fractional CFO has actually been around, probably more acceptable, you know, for some time. Is that a space that you, that you play in or you teach people to play in as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We do that. We do that work. We, we teach others t- to do that work. And I, I think, you know, a lot of things we try to do is actually educate our client base. Cause a lot of people hear that phrase and they're yeah. like, Hey, will you be my CFO and work? We we try to Help them understand what they're really trying to purchase from us, which yeah. is, you know, that's part of our job as client educators is to help them know what to purchase. A lot of them, a lot of agencies need, you know, some business outsourced or co- what we would call controllership right. type work. And yeah. they call it CFO. And so we kind of have to do some analysis because the CFO is generally A pretty high level assessment, you know, and you can outsource that, but you're typically outsourcing that to somebody who's been doing it for 40, 30, 40 years. So a lot of times we'll help them understand they want to buy controllership work, which is just the, you know, the full on financial cash movement of all of their revenue through all of their systems. Right. And then we'll obviously need to bring in some technology because we do it virtually. So we, we do it. And then we also have to educate to make sure they know they're buying the right thing. <laughs> really. Yeah,
0: because most small uh, firms, let's face it, don't have C anything. You know? That's right. <laughs> that's right. CFO. So uh, so right. what are they missing? Because like you right. said, I mean, so they get a bookkeeper, they get an accountant. What do they miss? What's the chief financial officer? What's the like key distinction that they're adding?
1: Yeah, for sure. It, it could be a lot of different things. Some main things are that they do need efficiency in their financial processes. And so if you don't understand that process, it, any process gets glutted up right, and slows yeah, yeah, yeah. you down. But the financial processes, particularly for digital agencies and marketing agencies, depending on how big you are, depending on how fast you're growing, those can really slog down. And if there's an inefficient financial process, that's going to affect your cash very specifically. Another thing is analysis. So it's really, you know, you can open up your QuickBooks or whatever you use, and there's just a a sheet of numbers in front of you. But the analysis of what they mean really is important. And so somebody at a higher level or a firm like ours, we're going to offer benchmarks that we've created for the agency space that actually Mm -hmm. produce insights, help them change They get better uh, because of what we do. So those are some things, you know, a CFO, a controller is going to do that the agency owner just can't do. They probably shouldn't be trying to do on their own. They need that expert, I think.
0: Well, so you make a good point because, you know, a lot of people hire accountants and they feel like, yeah, that's my, you know, I'm getting my books done, I'm getting my taxes done, but it's kind of rear view mirror, here's what happened. And so in a lot of ways, particularly if they're going to work with somebody like you or anybody who is working with somebody who's got experience in an industry, some of what they really just need is coaching, right? I mean, here's how to make decisions about retainers versus project work or, yeah, right? I mean, so it's not necessarily the chief financial officer, you know, who's worked at IBM or whatever, you know, yeah. type of role. It's really just somebody who can coach you through making decisions based on what's going on, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's a part of what that CFO can bring is yeah. that coaching. And so some of the things when we do analysis at the same time, the, the insights that it produces, we'll say you're doing great or you do need to true this up. We were just in an analysis call recently earlier today and we're like, "Hey, you've got about 175 grand in labor you can spend on as a risk without putting you outside of the metric." Uh-huh. And that that just that piece of information you tell an agency owner, they're like, "Okay, yeah. uh, that's two and a half people. I'm going to go hire them." Now they know and they know that's not too much of a risk purchase. For their labor because they know they need new team and so that's coaching. It's saying go do go get the two and a half people you need. It's not going to wreck your company because they just don't know. It is coaching.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's such a great point because I th- I think you know labor in service industries labor is such a mm, well, I don't know do I need somebody sure <laughs> you right. know, we aren't getting <laughs> enough content written hire somebody right. you know but, that's right but yeah. being able to tie it back to. Objectives and forecasts and whatnot is yeah. obviously a piece that many business owners just don't have the, the desire or the wherewithal to figure out. Yeah. So, so, are there any things that you find that are just unique to the creative businesses from an accounting uh, standpoint? Yeah, I think
1: you know, and these are there's they're not you know hugely uh, complicated. They do get more complicated as you get larger, but. Really, uh, revenue recognition is a phrase a lot of them are trying to maintain. And so that just happens to be that agencies that pull in large projects that span, you know, three to six months or something like that. How to recognize that revenue on your books is pretty complicated. There's not really strong software that Mm -hmm. does that. Mm -hmm. They try to manage a lot. And a lot of that's uh, complex journal entries you're having to maintain and manage yeah. that ties back to like client contracts. There's not a strong piece of software that we've seen. We've looked at a few. And so a lot of times we're teaching them how to do that, what that means, why you want your books, you know, showing revenue only in the month that you earned it. So, and that's kind of leaning them into the accrual world versus <laughs> cash reporting. And that gets pretty confusing so that's pretty hard for agencies to figure out some other things are capacity management which is really more of a strategic aspect that we teach a lot in our consulting and that is what what levels of revenue the pace and the cadence of my revenue what kind of team members do i need who has capacity who doesn't how do you plan for capacity, which they sometimes they'll call that resource management. Mm -hmm. That stuff is super complicated and they just don't have ways to do that. We have growth models that teach a lot of the theory so that they understand what they're trying to do. But those are really two difficult things that revenue recognition and then capacity knowledge. They just don't have handles on those things really
0: well. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. You know, the universe is ever expanding, but it's constantly adapting too, adding solar systems here and there, a sprinkle of stars and a black hole or two to keep things interesting. A HubSpot CRM platform adapts and changes to the needs of your business, so the sky is never the limit. HubSpot's reporting dashboard gives you a satellite view over your marketing, sales, and customer service performance, so you can get ahead of any issues before they happen. And automated marketing tools allow you to create consistent, multi-channel campaigns for clear, concise communications and less mixed messages. You can even use email marketing tools to send, test, and optimize your emails for different devices and inboxes. Whether your business is Jupiter or Pluto-sized, a HubSpot CRM platform is easy to implement and ready to scale with you. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So a lot of agencies today have chosen to grow by getting freelancers outside, you know, Mm -hmm. third party services to do certain aspects. Mm -hmm. Does that muddy up the, uh, the forecasting and the models and let alone the accounting?
1: You know, that's part of their labor mix. It actually is a part of their PL. It's part of the metrics, yeah. you know, that we'll track for them. And so, but I, I think where they get in trouble is where they lean and try to scale on a contractor model when really at a certain level, eight people, eight to 10, you're going to need to switch back to a team model, which is a fixed cost. That's a higher, that's a much higher risk when you pull in a fixed sure. cost. But for agencies, flexing their re- their growth through contractors is always something they have to do especially in the more complicated areas so if they you know if they do more digital marketing right. but they have a complicated development that yeah. you you can't sometimes you can't hire a developer they're so expensive they have to flex their growth through that contractor space so it it, there It is it is definitely part of their labor mix. Is definitely part of their growth. There's just strategy to it. There is strategy on how to use it and when to leverage yeah. it.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, one of the beauties of the world we live in today is you get some project on, I don't know, some platform that you don't generally work in, don't have any yeah. expertise in, and yeah. you can go out there and buy best of class for yeah, one project. For sure. Um, so that's it's, pretty it's cool. Really beautiful. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Um. It, Is there like when somebody comes to you and they're saying, you know, we're starting to grow or we want to scale. We know we need to start doing things like, you know, big people. You know, (laughs) is is there like a certain stage, whether it's revenue, people, you know, that, that you kind of say, yeah, you're ready for this? Or is it just like, hey, whatever your objectives are, you know, you're never ready for it. You should do it before you think you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. It's a complicated question. There's probably (laughs) a lot of things that go into that. We would do a lot of assessment of that leader and their ability to stay real close to their team and lead. We would look at, it's really anecdotal, but team sizes as service-based companies, put them in different structures. So a lot of times if they have, you know, five to eight, they're going to, I'm going to need to see a certain kind of structure to their team they get, you know, eight to 12, I'm going to need to see a pretty solid two to three person leadership team that, that are titled in certain ways. So these patterns are things you get from consultants like us. We just see tons of agencies. And so, so we're going to look at their team model. I mean, it's really cool. I have to, haven't done this for so long. We can pull up their, you know, their team page on their website. We can go, no, they're not structured right. So, and if we hear a revenue number, we know how many people, the structure of the leadership team, and if it doesn't match up for us, we're like, okay, we, I think we know some places we want to take you. And you just get that, you know, after years and patterns of watching agencies. So if they want to grow and scale, uh, they're going to need to lead team in a certain way. I'm going to need to see a team structured in a certain way, or they can hire us to do that. We yeah. can restructure their team with them, which is really tough. To restructure a services team, because sure. you might move people around, retitle them, and that blows up the whole company. They're like, why did Tom get a promotion? And <laughs> I mean, you got to deal with the emotional backlash of a lot of the perceptions of the humans in the service organization. So structuring lends itself to a lot of the emotional, contextual things that teams you know, surmise that's wrong. So we actually have to walk them through how to message this, the order of how to message a team structure move. But those are the things you have to do because as revenue paces up, the faster it goes, the team model has to keep up and the processes have to keep up and you need a strong, accountable, you know, project manager or traffic manager, all that has to align and grow at the same pace or or they get broken they get out of sync and the, I mean we've seen it you've seen people dump tons of revenue and then they just throw people at the revenue, and it just blows up their labor metrics, and then everybody just is chaos. Yeah. And, and you can't scale a services company in chaos. That is something yeah. we've learned. You need well, a lot of clarity.
0: Plus, the, the client experience goes all to heck, too. I That's right. Assuming. That's sometimes
1: the first thing that goes down the toilet, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So so what's your limit? Like three dogs on the About Us page? Is that the limit for… Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's I love uh, uh, that. No that's... comment. Well, I'm going to see one dog on every team page, right? You got to see that. All but, right. Uh, so so as I listen one. to you talk about this structure, I'm sure this happens to a lot of founders. You know, they grow and they've got a team of six, eight people and everything's going yeah. kind of fine. Hmm. But then they realize, I, you know, I need a layer. You yeah, know, like yeah. what's, so in your opinion, I'm sure we could get 10 opinions on this. For what's sure. the first strategic sort of leadership hire that you think an agency needs?
1: Yeah. A lot of times it's a technical hire. Yeah. And so that's going to be somebody that has that technical expertise in that creative work that they may do. Pretty close is going to be more operational. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's so, what I thought you were
0: going to say first was the operations. Well,
1: you know, it a lot of times, you know, it really depends on, you know, what they're trying to achieve. So one of those two is going to be a key that they want to invest in. And it's weird. They normally, creative entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs leave out the operational needs of the company. And so a lot of times they feel overwhelmed and glutted and they yeah. assume it's because of the service revenue. But a lot of times it's what a company takes from them so if they can offload a little bit of the creative review to somebody then next in line is going to need to start getting that administrative help kind of getting things humming on the process operational side and if they forego that too
0: long it'll just swallow them up really consume them it's probably always been trendy but for some reason it seems like the last couple of years i'm seeing more and more agencies uh, talk about growth through acquisition and is that something that you encounter and and i mean is that a good way to grow is that fraught with lots of challenges yeah, yeah.
1: well i guess probably any any type of growth is risk right yeah. and we know you know, entrepreneurial endeavors don't really move forward without risk. So it is something you're always going to have to take. Acquisitions are pretty tough. You know, yeah. that's a pretty risky move. A lot of times, people they they just think about, wow, I'm going to get all of this revenue and some great team. Yeah, uh, they're going to come in, but ultimately, you're going to want them to operate the way you operate. And so, cultural clashes are really a bigger deal than I think they they plan for. So we're working on some mergers right now, and we're man, we're going to do a lot of teamwork. Tons of teamwork, team analysis, just figuring out what they all think, Mm -hmm. leading a retreat to bring them all together, making the announcements. All of these things are really done in certain orders so that their questions are answered, you know, because teams really start to develop gossip. Comes with teams that are not informed or told the things they need to make sense of. They
0: got to make up their own stories, right? Yeah, (laughs) so they make
1: up their own story, and then they get that approved by the person in the cube next to them, and so (laughs) gossip ensues. So, but great leaders will feed that; will give them the right information they need to make sense of their cultural joining and why. And then they, because teams to grow, they have to all move in sync, and they have to, you know, row the boat in the same direction. And when they're not. You can't really scale that kind of organization. So acquisitions are, they're, they're tricky. They are, they do work. They are good to do. Just like adding a partner is pretty tricky, but it does work. You need a lot more care to do it.
0: Yeah. I I think we're, it it seems to have some real interest and opportunities when you're actually acquiring something unique. Mm -hmm. Like if someone were going Mm -hmm. to acquire your firm, they're going to be picking up more than a book of business. They're going to be picking up. All the stuff you've built, the memberships, yeah. the the yeah. SOPs you've built That's, that are really yeah. unique. So I think mm-hmm. if you can find an op, uh, an opportunity to acquire a framework or a, acquire something yeah, that for, that I think you know probably would make it better definitely. than just acquiring customer list. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think, you know, traditionally just getting a customer list is what most people would want, but you're right. It's the internal workings. That's really yeah. where the value is. I think we, a lot of people are starting to realize that, yeah. you know, yeah. a lot of books are written about that. You've yeah. written about that. So yeah. that's yeah. definitely the way to go.
0: So tell people where they can find out more about, and again, maybe give kind of the two minute, like, here's all yeah. the ways in which you could engage us. Cause uh, yeah. you know, it is not just simply a matter of saying, can you do our, can you look at our P&L? Uh, that's right. A lot like deeper.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, it's unlike most firms, and we consider ourselves a, you know, a CPA firm devoted to the digital agency space, but we do a lot of consulting and coaching. So I do a lot of speaking and writing, jasonblummer.com is a place that lists all the things I've done. But then our one site, Blummer CPAs, CPAS can lead you to a lot of things we do. We've had a businessology podcast for 10 years on the Blummer side and then Thrival, which is a weird word we made up. So (laughs) it's the word thrive and then add AL at the end. Thrival.com is for, we teach uh, CPA firm entrepreneurs how to build and scale businesses and agencies and entrepreneurs that run firms, CPA firms, they're very similar, right? They're service-based organizations. So, and then the Thrivecast is another podcast I've been running for 10 years on the Thrival side. So we have two, I run two businesses. So, you know, with my partner, so there's a lot of things we do and you can find us on YouTube too. So just search Thrival or Blummer CPAs and you'll find us.
0: Awesome. Well, Jason, I appreciate you stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing uh, Podcast, and hopefully we'll uh, be able to run into each other one of these days out there on the road.
1: Thanks so much, John. It was an honor to be here. I appreciate it.
0: All right, so that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, and you know we love those reviews and comments, and just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the Duct Tape Marketing System, our system, to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that Offer Our System to Your Clients tab.